In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A blessed Pentecost to all of you gathered here, and a blessed Pentecost to those who remain at home. The pandemic and the human response to it have changed so many things and left so many other things uncertain. But one thing that has not changed, and one thing that is not uncertain, is the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ and the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. He has ascended on high, the scriptures say, leading a host of captives and giving gifts to men. What does this mean that he has ascended on high? As awesome as yesterday's space launch was, what our Lord is doing is infinitely more. He has not merely ascended into the shallowest parts of space. He has ascended into the very heart of the heavenly realm. And he has not gone alone. He is leading a host of captives, the scriptures say. We who have found ourselves captive to him, we are going with him. It is precisely a cosmic exodus that is taking place all around us. As Israel departed from Egypt in long procession, so we are departing from this earth in long procession. Each moment brings you and I closer to the threshold, closer to our moment of departure from this world. Each day and night that goes by, hundreds if not thousands of Christians reach their point of departure. And dying to this world, they ascend. In the absolute weakness of death, God's strength is made absolutely perfect. Out of this world, we ascend on high, led in cosmic procession, not merely into the shallows of space, nor even into the depths of space, but into the very heart of the heavenly realm. And to the one who so leads us there. There we shall see his face, his brow crowned with thorns, his hands that were punctured with nails, his side that was pierced with spear. And these great wounds of his love will appear to us to be the brightest of all jewels and the greatest of all treasures conceivable. We will see that his obedient suffering and his eternal glory are one, and so we will see that the very same has become true for ourselves. He ascended on high, leading a host of captives, giving gifts to men. So let us never forget who we are and where we are going. That will help us keep all these other things in perspective. Not only has our Lord ascended on high, but he also gives gifts to men. The chief of these gifts we celebrate today. He pours out his Holy Spirit upon us. And through his Holy Spirit comes a diversity of additional gifts. Not only the fruit of the Spirit, such things as love, joy, peace, and patience, but also people. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The scriptures tell us that all these are also gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is by no means then an event that is over and done with. As we ourselves are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins, so we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
we both become and begin to become entirely different people. Led by the Spirit, we now wage war against our flesh, agreeing with God's law that it is good, confessing our sins, crucifying our sinful flesh with its worldly lusts and desires, daily growing into the full stature of Christ. And our Lord increasingly transforms and transfigures our lives so that they show forth the glory of his cross. What is thought to be the shameful dead end of death is rather the final and glorious moment of being conformed into the image of Christ. We join him in his death that we may join him in his resurrection. Death, then, we ought to see, is the greatest of all graduations. And thus, too, we come to see that death, or that life, rather, is but the practice of death. Led by the Holy Spirit, we gradually come not only to believe, but also to see and understand that this fallen world is not our home. And how we long and yearn for a world set right by God, for a new heavens and a new earth. How we long to just be, to think without confusion, to speak without regret, to act without sin, to eat without getting fat, to drink without getting drunk, to interact without calculation. We long for an innocence we do not possess. We tire of our own sinful natures. We tire of a world that is in apostasy toward the only good it has ever known. We tire of the devil and all his lies, his promises of pleasure that always ends up bringing pain, his promises of hope that never seem to come true. And we're sickened at how easily we're duped and deceived by him yet again. We slowly come to realize that life is just one thing after another. It is fighting to keep your head above water. Life is, of course, very short, but when you're desperately treading water, minutes can seem like hours. And the very purposes that we have had for living seem to fall away one by one. Becoming an adult wasn't exactly what we expected. Neither was marriage or the lack thereof. Children are a blessing and suffice for a time, but they grow up, and then we're left wondering, what now? None of the timing seems to be right either. When we have energy, we have no time. When we have time, we have no energy. When we have time and energy, we have no money, or at least not enough to do what we would like to do and when we would like to do it. And if ever we do feel as if we've finally gotten a handle on things, that's about the time a kind of loneliness settles in, as if it were all a bit hollow and meaningless. And at any rate, whatever it is that is set now certainly won't last. And we find indeed that this world, however good to us or not it has been, there is yet one thing absolutely certain. This world gives us no lasting home. And this long, slow realization is not to be dismissed. It's neither whining nor is it thanklessness. This long, slow realization is precisely what the Spirit of God uses 
to bring us to our senses, like the young man in the pig's pen in a faraway country, we think there must be something other than this. And there is. He has ascended on high, leading a host of captives and giving gifts to men. The way to ascend with him begins here at the baptismal font, where God washes away your sins and claims you forever as his own. The way then leads from the font to the altar, where God renews and refreshes you, giving you the bread of immortality and the cup of life. The way then leads on from the altar to the cross, for that is where we are all going, into the very heart of death itself. And as our Lord Jesus commends himself into the hands of his Father, so also do we. Our life and our death is not only cleansed, but utterly transfigured. Our life and our death become one with the perfect life and the perfect death of Jesus. The nothing of this life becomes something in him, and the seeming meaninglessness takes on a deeper meaning and significance than we ever thought possible. Just as Jesus opened his eyes in the tomb on Easter morning, we will open our eyes to see ourselves and a world made new. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What Pentecost shows us is that the Spirit of God is once more hovering over the waters. In the midst, yes, in the very middle of all of life's changes and all of life's uncertainties, there is one thing that does not change and one thing that is absolutely certain. Our Lord Jesus reigns, and he pours forth his Holy Spirit because he is making all things new. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise and confess with me the Apostles' Creed. 